Uh, hi everyone. Um, my presentation today is really going to focus on um, helping you give you some tips, some practical tips, some easy to implement tips um, and things to consider both from a strategic context and also um, more tactical areas around things like SEO usability to really help ensure that your website is delivering value to your business. Um, I will try to run through it uh, reasonably quickly. It should take about half an hour. I'm conscious we've lost some time, but um, please be patient. <laughs> um, I'm one of the founding partners of Aubergine. Uh, I've been doing this uh, pretty much since the internet started. Uh, um, you're certainly in university, I was working with the internet back in 91, and so it's been 20 years, that, um, but as a professional, more like 15 years. So, uh, basically, w this, web, this, proposal, this presentation is uh, structured so that um, I, I outline some strategic principles and I go into the tactical areas and I've got a whole series of case studies or mini case studies and examples to help contextualise the types of things that I'm, I'm talking about. And then at the end of it I've got a series of slides which I won't go through but they're actually what I call takeaways um, and you can actually you know, take these and print them off and uh, use them um, for your own business tomorrow. So the first thing we do whenever we create a website from scratch or even when you're reviewing one is you really need to make sure that you understand your target audience. I mean, this really is marketing 101, to be honest. You know, need to understand their skill levels, um, their motivations, uh, their goals, what they want to achieve by visiting, visiting a website, what information they need. And what we do whenever we start any project is we actually go and uh, create a number of personas, um, which are essentially grouping uh, sets of users by their, their common set of user needs and desires. And this helps make sure that when we're designing the um, the content and the functionality for the website, we're really factoring in their needs. And so within the, say, academic community, the science community, uh, the technology community, some of the specific user groups may be things like investors, researchers, scientists. Um, so I'd, I'd always make sure that you put aside that time before you even do anything with your website and actually make sure you understand your audience. The second thing that you need um, is once you've established that, you really need to make sure that you have... Um, You've considered, you've got, you, you, you base your entire sort of internet strategy or digital strategy around sort of three, um, three pillars, three fundamentals, and they are reach, making sure that your website um, can be found and indeed that you are active in areas that um, people, um, your target audience um, are also active. So that may be social media, but it's, it's about reach. Um, then you need to go and um, ensure that when they, uh, you need to worry about conversion then. You need to go and... Uh, recognise that these users have a set of needs and that your website must facilitate these needs and achieve them quickly and you can convert them to fans or customers. And then retention, and that's really about empathy. That's really about making sure that you are um, engaging with your audience regularly, your customers, and actually giving them, trying to go and identify things that will actually add value, add value to them and give them a reason to come back. So... In terms of what are they, so how do I achieve? So once I've got identified the strategic pillars of reach, conversion, and retention, how do I actually um, basically um, make sure that I, what are some of the strategic areas within the digital sphere that are actually useful to consider? Firstly, um, goals. Goal setting is a fundamental. I, mean, I noticed the, the previous uh, chap, I, apologies, I didn't catch his name, mentioned the, important, the importance of this as well, and I, I'm absolutely the biggest advocate of that as well. You must re remember that your website is a business tool. It's not 
a beautiful showcase. It's, it's there to go and achieve um, you know, um, business aims. And you've got to recognise them and make sure that um, they're in place. Um, fundamental to this also is you need to actually consider that you've got to be able to measure your goals. Um, it's, it's stunning to um, recognise... Some, some people we still meet or prospects we meet or clients we meet don't have a means of measuring their website and user interactions. So you need to not only understand your goals, you need to make sure that they're being measured effectively online. So I'm going to explore this um, further out with some examples, but I'm just going to quickly highlight each of the uh, tactical areas. Content. Content is king. Um, it was briefly deposed, perhaps, um, uh, at the end of the 90s, but now it is still the most fundamental thing to go and help draw people to your website, um, you know, retain their custom, and also <coughs> convert them. You really need to work hard on your content, make sure it's easy to read, it adds value, it's available in different formats. Usability, your website must be easy to use. It's really about making sure that users understand how to use your website and get it right the first time. And if they don't get it right the first time, it's about making sure that, they're, um, they're, that, that anything they do can be easily corrected. Branding, it's about making sure that you've got a recognisable brand identity. That is not just the visual element, it's about how you communicate um, both on and offline, but it's about the, your tone of voice. It's far more than just a logo. Search engine optimization. This is key um, in terms of helping um, people find your website. Uh, the aspects I'll be looking at today is what we call more about the on-page sort of optimization, where we're actually looking at how the website is structured and making sure that it's easy for search engines to interpret and index. And finally, social media. Um, five years ago, that wouldn't have been on this slide, but it's now so prevalent and actually inherent in everything. Um, that is the internet, um, it, 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 it will influence um, all of your strategic pillars of uh, reach, conversion and retention. So the first thing I'm going to look at is goals. Um, so typically um, business goals um, tip, always, usually always going to revolve around some sort of data capture. And indeed, if you've got a website, you should always be trying to go and capture email addresses and request permission for um, ongoing communications with them. Even if you don't plan to do it in six months or a year, it's an opportunity. If people want to go and leave their email address, then take it. Um, but you've got to, and it's probably going to be a combination of these types of things, um, inquiries, membership, sales. So the first little case study that I've got. Now, we had a look at this website, and um, we found it. it really wasn't clear what um, the business did initially, um, and it wasn't clear at all what they wanted you to do by visiting the website. It was a lot of information. There was no particular calls to action. There was no sort of sense of content hierarchy. It wasn't like, um, if you're an investor, get in touch with us. We want to go and actually um, you know, um, talk to you about how you can go and develop our business. Um, and some of the other things as well is like, there's no contact details. It's, um, I would usually recommend, there's very few circumstances, I wouldn't recommend having an email address and a phone number um, on every page and integrated into the design. That's not to say a contact form is not useful, but actually it makes it easy for them. You know, people want to know how to contact you, just go and give them an email address or a phone number. Um, it's not all bad though, I mean they do have their third party accreditations which helps go and build a bit of confidence in the business. You've got these ISO 9000 um, uh, accreditations. Um, then what we have is 
They've got buggy data capture though. So this is their data capture form. There's actually no means of actually submitting it. So that they, you can actually make a query, but you, there's no submit button. There's no, nothing to say actually send the email address to them. Um, there's also no privacy policy in place. It is absolutely, absolutely essential if you're capturing data to have a privacy policy. You need to go and give the user confidence that you are a responsible user and you respect their data, that you, and you tell them what you are going to do with it, how you're going to store it, and how they can get out of the database if you wish. And to be fair, these, these, this company just doesn't do that. Um, and to their credit, though, they do have Google Analytics in place, which means that you can, they can measure performance. They can measure you know, how people are getting to their website. They can measure what pages are being viewed, you know, what, what they're actually doing. So, but I, you'll probably notice at the bottom here what we've got throughout the, these little mini case studies. We've got this traffic light reporting system against the strategic pillars. And red is, I think they really need to think hard about what they're doing and really revisit what they're doing. There's significant areas of improvement to make. Orange is, they're doing some things right, but they can still improve. And green is, they're doing, you know, they're doing things mostly, mostly right. Next example. Now, this website, you get to it and you can see very, very clearly there are high technology tools and systems. They substantiate that by a secondary paragraph. Um, and so the, the business objectives are crystal clear. They want to go and pursue responsible development, deeper understanding of the world through science and technology. And products, crystal clear on the page. You've got a set of products down the bottom and you can see they're all listed there. They also recognise that different industries, or markets as they call them, um, are easily accessible, who they cater for. So if you click on the markets tab, you'll actually see that they cater for you know, pharmaceutical and um, medicine and, and you know, whatever else it happens to be. But it gets quite granular. They have qualified data capture. Now that's really good because that means that you, you'll, get, you'll get a referral from the website for some sort of lead, but you actually know what they're talking about. It. You hopefully will have less time wasters. So you can see here, select an area of interest. That's, that's a very good thing to do. And actually, it'll also help because you'll store it in your database, your marketing database. It'll also help me in that if you do decide to do email marketing communications at a later date, you'll actually have some insights and you can actually go and target them and give them much more meaningful communications in the first place. However, saying that, um, there's actually no email opt-in. There's nothing there saying we'd like to communicate within the future. Now to me that is a missed opportunity. It doesn't take much to go and put a checkbox on the page saying I would like to go and hear from you um, about your initiatives and, and you know, the, the events that you have or anything what happens to be. Um, and they've actually got way too many mandatory fields. In fact, with the exception of address and telephone number, they're all mandatory. And really how many fields do you need to go and follow on a prospect or an inquiry? Do you really need that many? Many people would be deterred by giving that much information away. And so, and particularly without even a privacy policy on this one as well. But so they, they can improve. Now the next thing we're going to look at is content. So it probably goes without saying, the best content is relevant, clear, <coughs> adds value, useful, and increasingly important, is actually available in many different media formats. Currently, um, YouTube is the third most popular website, website um, on the internet, okay, and people are increasingly expecting and demanding things in video, and it's actually so cheap to do it. In fact, I believe I'm being filmed today, and it's a pretty much a low-cost exercise. You don't need to go and have it professionally edited later. You can, you can, it's, it's quite straightforward to, you know, to go and cut it yourself if you need to, but it's not 
um, a full-on production exercise like it was 15 years ago. You know, it's cheap and easy to do, especially in the digital age. Um, the content here is very text-heavy. At a glance, I can't tell what that page is about. It's got background. It's overly technical. If you explore the website, the news is not current. Um, it's, it last news item was um, actually updated in April 2010. They do have some good diagrams in it as well to go and ha actually help um, explain some of the concepts they have. Um, so what they do do actually, and so I'll get to that in a minute actually. So they do have an embedded BBC video, and this is actually the most recent content on the website. And dare I say, this was actually how we really started to understand. This, this news article, we watched the video and went, ah, right, that's what they do. And so it was, so again, it's kind of making sure that you, you, have, you clearly state what you do and try to do it in layman's terms rather than perhaps overly technical and, and scientific terms. I'm saying that the photography is quite good. You know, it's, it's relevant to the industry. You know, it, this thing here is, is a picture of some dirty water turning into something a lot cleaner, which you can dispose. And, and so it, it's not, it's not it, there are areas to improve. Um, now this, this is great, you know, short paragraphs. The paragraphs tend to be anywhere from sort of like 30 to 50 words in length. They're broken up by subheadings and bullets. So you can go and see the page, and at a glance you can tell what it's about. You can tell if it's relevant to you, if it's useful to you. Um, you know, the, the pages tend not to be more than sort of like 500 words long. I mean, you can have longer pages, but it, it te you, know, you tend to go and try to make content much more bite-sized and easily digestible on the web. So you're probably looking sort of, I, we tend to recommend sort of like three to five, 600 words, um, and then you should really be looking at breaking up the content into multiple pages. Um, so, and then they, they do, um, which is a, a classic, classic technique in um, websites, content cross-selling. And they do it so well. Um, what they do is, you, I'm on the food and agriculture page, and they're actually saying, oh, right, here's some related products. Here's some um, downloads and useful resources that are relevant to food and agriculture. And it's not just about cross-selling, but it's also about substantiating and actually illustrating your expertise in a certain topic as well. So you don't need just to go and, um, you know, talk about um, selling other things or talking about related items like news. You could actually substantiate that content with more detail and make it easily accessible. They have rotating content on the home page, which is quite non-intrusive. It's quite nice. I mean, it only, I think it animates every sort of 10 seconds and it features another product, which is quite a nice feature. It kind of gets lost in the, they've got an events in the primary navigation and they don't do anything else with it. They don't showcase it across the website. Um, in terms of their news feed uh, on the home page, they don't have any dates or RSS. And so just for those who don't know, RSS stands for really simple syndication. But in, in what it actually allows you to do is, is um, syndicate content over the web in an easy way. And so it's something that any news section and even events section of any website should always have an RSS feed. It's something very, very easy to do. It's, it's a negligible cost exercise. And if you haven't got it on your website, ask your web developer to put one on. So the next thing I'm looking at is usability. Um, it's just about ease of use, helping people get things right the first time. And if they do get it um, wrong, then making it easier for them to correct their errors. You know, making the site easy to navigate. So it's a very simple website. I can see 
the website structure at a glance. Um, it's got very clear calls to action. On the right-hand side, you can see right, there's an alumni link. You can see um, there's giving, which is all about donations. You know, they're, they're making, they understand, you, you know what they, you know, when you arrive on the page, you know what you want them to do, what, what they want you to do. They want you to, and so, or you can go and find the main sections of the site. Um, some other little things as well. It's a learned response. I mean, one thing I like about this website, I'm, I'm a bit um, old school. I don't think that any website should ever have a home link in the primary navigation. It's a waste of real estate, okay? And it's a learned response for most people nowadays that the link, that the logo should link to the home page. Um, and, that, and that does. Although saying that the medical sciences division logo isn't, very logo-like, but it is a logo and it does link to the home page. Um, another thing that you can do, which I would thoroughly recommend as well, is that we've got this point about verbose link hover text. That's kind of tool tips for links. And so what you can do is you can add a lot more information which you can't get on the page in the link. And it really aids usability. And, and it's actually quite good for SEO as well, or search engine optimization. But in this instance, I've just the screenshot we've taken We've moused over undergraduate study, and it says study at Oxford. Um, but you could make that any you can make that 100 characters long if you wanted. But you can go and add a lot more information. Uh, they've got a breadcrumbs trail, which is up here. Now that is kind of a best practice consideration, which I'd recommend for any website. It allows you to understand where you are within the site hierarchy. It allows you to understand um, the how to go and get home, or to an area above. They've got a, what's called a branded 404 in, pay, in place. Now, 404 is a technical term. Um, if you've got a, a page that doesn't exist, or you've got a broken link on your website, the worst thing you can have is kind of like a, just a default server error. It's an opportunity for you to go and actually create something quite friendly. And this is a great example of something that is quite friendly. We're sorry the page doesn't exist. Um, please double check the address. And if you might actually be looking for this other stuff here. So you can direct them. And you don't lose the user. They don't think the whole site's buggy. They just think, oh, right, OK, this page doesn't exist. I've been told. OK, I better find something else now. Um, another little thing which not enough sites do is that um, you should always make sure that links to external websites, third-party websites, other than your own, link in a new browser window. And this is to ensure that the user doesn't lose the context of your website. And so in this example, the University of Oxford logo at the top right actually links to the University of Oxford and replaces the Medical Sciences Division. So people can, less expert users of the internet, could actually get lost and not press back and actually lo you know, lose the page that they're on. So it's just such an easy thing to do. And so it's, it's, I recommend it. Branding. Okay, so branding isn't a logo, but it's part of it. It's really about making sure that you're creating um, a recognisable design with the content and how you speak to people to create an emotional response, to create, um, to really engage with the user, create perhaps a se sense of trust or create a sense of, um, you know, excitement, whatever. I mean, but make sure that, it, you know, you're working hard to go across all your levels to go and ma make, achieve that. It's not just a logo. It's how you talk. It's how you... Um, it, it's not, and it's also how you look. They really are. It's very, very clear. Okay, they've got their brand values, integrity, <laughs> across emblazoned across the top of their um, header. It's consistent. It's deep. The way they talk 
is, is very um, consistent across all their channels, all their social media channels. They've got this lovely brand story, brand story video here. This is fantastic. That's actually um, basically replaying their, their history um, using video. Um, and it really does go, you just think, wow, what an amazing business. You know, where they've come from and to where they are now. I, again, it, it creates that, for me, it creates a sense of, like, excitement. I, I really would like to go work with these guys. Um, social, social media branding is completely and tightly aligned. So that was the Facebook page. That's the um, Twitter page. Now, search engine optimization. Um, before I go into this, I'm not going to do a little mini case study for this because um, it's really quite a big topic. In fact, I could probably speak all afternoon about SEO alone. Um, and it also can be quite technical to go and actually show the fundamentals within the context of a case study. So instead, what I'm going to do is just really go and replace, um, just give you an overview of some of the fundamentals, explain why it's important, and then give you um, top 10 tips which you can actually take and use for your business tomorrow. All right, so it's all about making sure your site, website is easy to index. Um, the fundamentals are keeping your content good and relevant, um, and really maximizing the diversity and volume of quality backlinks. And notice that I've emphasized the words quality and diversity. And so for the people in this room, there's probably a real opportunity to actually, so I should clarify what a black backlink is. A backlink is a link that points to your website from another website. And quality backlinks are those from prestigious organisations like the University of Oxford, um, the Guardian, the Times, anybody who is, uh, you know, who's, who's basically got a good reputation. And a lot of the businesses in this room who are actually associated and affiliated with the university probably have a real opportunity to go and get links from the likes of the colleges, from the university itself, from the various departments. And so um, that's, that's very important. So why it's important? Um, most people, 7 out of 10 users click um, on a search result within the first page of, the, um, of search engine results. 8% um, venture beyond the third page, and actually is, I think it's 93% um, only look at the first two. So it's really important that you are on the first few, first one or two pages, preferably the first page, absolutely. And it really is fundamental because it can make a difference between success or failure for a business. Now, I think for a lot of the businesses in this room, they're probably, a lot of them are quite, probably quite niche. So actually getting a reasonable ranking for something like, um, I don't know, oncology medical equipment might not be too hard, depending on how competitive it is, because it's quite niche. But it's important. And so now I'm going to go through my top 10 tips, which are, it's not everything, but it's kind of the stuff that really is the low-hanging fruit that really is not very expensive or hard for you to implement with, with your suppliers. Search engine results are ads. And so what I mean by that is that when you see a search engine result listing, you get two things. You get the link, and that is what's called a page title, and then you get the description below. And so to me, the, the link is your call to action, and then below that you have the, the text that it actually should substantiate and influence you to click on that link. It's about reinforcing the call to action that is your link. Now, you can control that because the link is actually the page title on your website. And for those of you who have content managed websites, you should be able to go and edit that very easily. The, the description um, is 
the, the description that is displayed below the link is actually the meta description. And that is, again, within your control to edit. So that's very, very important to do that. Be consistent and relevant. So what that means is try to use the same phraseology to describe your business in a very um, throughout your website content. Not in an overly repetitive, not too repetitive. I mean, the, the rule of thumb is if you write content and it sounds like it's search, been search engine optimised, then actually you've written too many re repeated keywords. But if, you're, if you are an oncology um, medical equipment provider, then you should keep using the phrase of oncology um, medical equipment or oncology instrumentation, but try to keep the same terminology. It's good to go and throw in a few sort of synonym phrases like cancer as well in the case of oncology, but those are the types of things you should con to consider. Localise your content. Now this is, I'm going to qualify this because with your cells, a lot of you are going to have a much, probably a much more global market. Um, but localising content is um, more where relevant, as I said, because, for example, if you are a, an Italian restaurant in Fulham, then your website content should talk about you being an Italian restaurant in Fulham, not in West London or London. So just make sure that you consider when you do have an opportunity to go and localise content within your geographical area, do so. Link text must work out of context. This is um, absolutely fundamental. What this means is that Search engines and people must be able to understand what a link means without having to go and understand the content around it. So, for example, read more, click here, means nothing. There's no value or weight in that. But if you have something like, download this PDF on Oxford Instruments Oncology Instrumentation Products, then absolutely you understand what that means. And so does a search engine. And it attributes more value to that link. Keep your content fresh. That is a reoccurring theme. I, I can't emphasise ev every website should have at, least, at the very least a news section, um, preferably a blog, and, and have some sort of content creation slash marketing strategy associated with it. I mentioned earlier about quality backlink diversity. I think there's a real opportunity for the people in this room particularly, you know, with your associations with the prestige of Oxford University to go and actually get links um, to your business websites as alumni or um, spin-off businesses. Outbound links matter. Um, not as much as inbound links or backlinks, but actually the way that search engines look at it is they kind of look out who you link to actually influences your ranking because it looks, search engines attribute that in the context of who is in your neighbourhood? Who do you hang out with? Who are your friends? And so... Linking to, um, you know, thing, to your business partners that are affiliated in your industry or Oxford University, that's not going to hurt. Be, you should be generous to that sort of thing. That is not saying um, ever exchange a link. I can't, if anyone ever comes to you and says, I'll exchange a link, I've got a, PR, a link of page rank three or four or five or whatever, I don't think I could ever think of a circumstance where you would say yes to that. Okay, because... Um, so I'd be very wary about that sort of thing. Try to do it legitimately and honestly and relevantly. Be social. What that means is the more your business is mentioned in social media spheres, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it happens to be, um, Google and other surgeons pick up those social signals and they will, that they will influence your ranking as well. So 
even if you are a bit antisocial and and uh, bore the idea of using Twitter or something, I think um, it is important. I think that I think once once you get used to it, you can actually start to enjoy it and embrace it even. Um, get listed locally. Every business should do this. Get listed in local places. Every business has a geographical location. This just makes it easier to go and um, be found. So, um, and certainly aubergine. One of our, our second most common phrase that, or third most common phrase that we're found by is aubergine Oxford. Okay, and so and so it's, it is important to make sure that you get listed in like the Google places, Yahoo local. Finally, make sure you, your website is on a fast server. If it's slow, search engines will take a dim view on that also. So finally, I'm just going to go and do a quick social media optimization case study. We are doing another, one of my colleagues, me and one of my colleagues are doing another presentation this afternoon at three. If anybody wants to go and go through a presentation on social media uh, marketing fundamentals, um, so I'm going to be very high level about it, okay? and perhaps just reinforce some of the other things we talked about previously. We're doing a much more comprehensive presentation later this afternoon. So it's about being active, pushing and pulling content from your channels um, to and from your social media channels to your website, and really interacting with people, encouraging the idea of user-generated content. So in terms of, um, I mean, I think that, that headline says it all. Be active, friendly, and genuine. That, that's, that's the rule. I mean, you, it's kind of like thinking about social media is that you shouldn't sell, sell, sell on it because it's social media. I mean, if you want to go and sell something to a room full of people, you're not going to go and walk in and just start shouting at them and saying, buy this. You need to go and create a relationship and interact with them. So, again, as my final sort of case study is, they have, um, they're very good with social media, surprisingly. So I was actually really surprised to see how active and, and, and you know, good they are in it because they are you know, in an industry that I didn't really expect. So they promote social media on their own website. Um, on the actual website, they've got links to Twitter and Facebook. Um, it's all fully branded. So that's the um, YouTube channel. That's a, a, a video of the original founders. Um, here's their Twitter again. The relevant, uh, the, the dialogue they use, the, the language they use, the way they talk about things is all very consistent and, it, and, and they really try to go and care and give, the, give their audience something to go and actually, I suppose, chew on, you know, something to think about rather than just um, trying to sell them anything. Uh, they've got a Facebook like gate, which I must confess I'm a bit of a fan of. If you can do it right, um, it's always quite nice to go, and have, um, to go and help encourage likes to have a like gate and you can do that and so that they've, they've got a like gate. If you can't do it well, and I wouldn't suggest you do it, <laughs> But it's about trying to go and get them to like and give them something in exchange, some sort of content that they wouldn't get if they didn't like you. Um, the only thing that I would say could be improved from their own website, as not the social media channels, but you can't actually share content um, to via social media channels on the website. So if you look at the Times, the Guardian, any newspaper nowadays, and indeed most websites with, with news and events sections, you can go and just press on a link and tweet about that bit of content or... Um, put or discuss it on LinkedIn or you know share it on Facebook, and you should and that's another another very very easy thing to do. It's not a complicated thing at all, and so that, that's where they could improve. So, as I said, there's a number of slides that explore these tactical areas. Um, I'm not going to go through them because it's a, it's really just giving a set of things that you can go and do 
and consider if you're not already doing them tomorrow. And so, yes, any questions? <laughs>